Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, as we review Union's 4-1 loss to LIU on uh, Tuesday night at Mesa Rink. And Union just was a lethargic effort uh, through uh, the first two periods uh, Tuesday night, and they deserved to lose. LIU came out storming, outshot Union 13-1 in the first period, uh, scored a power play goal during a major penalty, and then they added an even strength goal later in the uh, first period to take a 2-0 lead. And uh, Union probably had a great third period out shooting LIU 11-5, but just could not get any uh, traction as far as getting uh, a goal. Um, Owen Ferris did hit the post on one shot late in the, th- the third period when they're down 3-1, to one, but uh, the, the Dutchmen were unable to uh, build off the momentum of uh, their Mayor's Cup victory Saturday. And realistically, if you think about that Mayor's Cup game, the last two periods of that game, RPI dominated. If it wasn't for uh, Connor Murphy and Gold, RPI wins that game. Uh, so tonight, Connor Murphy just, yeah, it, it, not his fault. Just uh, the team right in front of him just did not play well. And as I said, 13 to 1, the shot advantage. LAU was just skating faster, and they had the jump, and uh, it cost them. Uh, uh, Christian Sanda uh, contacted head penalty 635 into the game, really set the tone for this. He was, uh, was a five-minute major, and he also got a game misconduct, so that's uh, a double whammy for Union, not only having to kill off a five-minute major and try not to give up any power play goals, but they lose a, a forward for the remainder of the game, so they're down a player, and that didn't help. And Union was unable to uh, prevent uh, LIU from uh, scoring a power play goal as Jordan Timmons scored eight, at 858, uh, just about halfway through the power play, uh, so they got uh, Sharks get the early one nothing lead, and then um, Union did have to kill another penalty on Josh Phillips for hooking. But shortly after that one, uh, Billy Jerry scored to make it two to nothing. Uh, Union with the, about the about the only good thing for Union is they continued uh, to ex- or power play uh, goal scoring streak now at six games. As Liam Robertson scored on the power play at 4:31 of the second period, redirecting a Brandon Estes uh, left point drive into the net. That's Robertson's eighth power play goal of the season. He's tied for third in the country. And as I said, Union's now scored at least one power play goal in six straight games, and that's coming off a streak of not scoring a power play goal in six games, uh, six consecutive games. And I mean, I was shocked by this when I was looking it up Sunday. Union has the top power play in ECAC hockey. Uh, I was genuinely stunned by that because I know they had been struggling. And in this little streak that they've gotten on is they've you know, moved up in the country. Even John Ronan, you'll hear uh, in the um, uh, post-game press conference, uh, he mentioned how surprised he was. So uh, we have uh, all the press conferences. Uh, let's start with the winning coach, Brett Riley of LIU. Uh, we spoke with him after the game outside the locker room. You guys were very impressive speed-wise tonight. You just really outplayed Union. How important was that? Um, we've preached a 60-minute effort all year, and I think tonight it was fun to watch it come together um, and see the results you know, pay off with our hard work. You guys are on a bit of a winning streak. Is anything kind of uh, put for you in the last four games? Uh, I'm sticking with the process. If you look at our schedule, I think we've played the best of the best. Um, and we're a relatively young team and, and new program, so I think... 
Um, we're starting to find our way here. I, I credit our guys. They haven't faltered win-loss or tie. We start every week with a new week mentality, um, and I think we're starting to find our identity as a team here. That first period, you outshot them 13 to one. You got then the, the, the major power play goal. I mean, how key was that first period? Um, it was everything to us. That was kind of what we talked about before the game. It's a 20-minute mini game, and coming out and making a statement within the first 20. Um, so I, I credit our guys um, for the start, and then not faltering when we were on the ropes in the third period as well. This wound up being a good game for you. I mean, it's kind of thrown together at the last minute in the middle of the week. Uh, did you gain a lot by coming up here in uh, W? We did. I mean, we have the mantra that we just want to play. If you look at our schedule, we've played Division II teams. We've played the number one team in the country, um, or number two in Quinnipiac. We'll play anyone, anywhere. And um, when Rick reached out, I was excited uh, to play a really strong program and uh, make our team better. What's the uh, status of the, uh, as far as getting into conference? Anything new at this point? Uh, nothing at the moment. Up next is uh, Union uh, Interim Head Coach John Ronan, and uh, I asked a question about uh, the slow start, and uh, he acknowledged that was that was costly. Uh, John, you, you, you got away with playing, uh, getting out played on Saturday against RPI, but tonight against LIU in that first period, just uh, they had they had, more, they had the legs, and you guys did it. Was that the key factor in this game? That was that was a big factor. Yeah, they, they had some jump. Um, you know, I didn't like our focus, and. You know, there was, you know, it took a while to get going, took a while to get the legs going, the hands going. But I thought our, you know, commitment to the game plan and scouting report that we had for them wasn't all there. But, you know, we're <laughs> tough one, tough why, one. Why does that happen? I don't, I, I don't want to make excuses. You know, it's, they were coming off a high. And, but it, it's one of those things where, you know, we lose a guy early with getting kicked out, have to kill another penalty after that. So our forwards are thin. We're taxing the PK guys, and you know our, our lines are in a blender the rest of the night. Is it a hard game to play? I mean, you get value out of this game. It's in the middle of the week. You've got obviously big league games coming up this weekend, uh, but you only play one game over the week. I mean, is it, did you feel like it was a good game to, to have on your schedule? You know what? After after what we went through last year and not having the ability to compete, um, I think our guys want to play. You know, it's worked out where we've had a few midweek games and you know postponements and reschedules but at the end of the day these guys are hockey players I think they want to play. Could Sanders penalty have been avoided because it looked like he just put the elbow up and hit uh, the player in the... You know what I didn't see the replay I'd have to check that out later. But how tough is that that early in the game to have you know lose a player like that? It's hard and I think Christian's a guy that you know has has really turned the corner the past couple weeks and starting to play the game that I think he expects and we expect and you know, to have him out real, real early in the game, it puts us on our heels having to kill a five. And then, like I said, it was, you know, kind of mix and match and lines the rest of the way. Are you happy with the response in the third? I am. I am. Yeah. The, this group has resiliency. This group has some, some pride. You know, I, I think our big issue is consistency. And we were going pretty good there, you know, with weather storms over the past few weeks. But tonight, you know, we dug ourselves too deep a hole. Power play continues to uh, you know, six in a row now. Uh, what's been the, the key factor for that? We're not really doing anything <laughs> crazy, you know. It's, I think it's a pretty straightforward. We want to move the puck crisp, crisply, you know. We want to put it on our tape. We want to put pucks towards the net and have you know bodies and and people converging at the net. And you know, it's a lot of times it's Liam who's a beneficiary. He's a mainstay there, and you know it's. 
it's, it's real straightforward. Does it surprise you guys that you guys have the best power play in the East, the AC? Because, I mean, I, I was looking <laughs> research the other day, and I was like, so I, was, I was kind of stunned. Yeah, it's, you know what, I was a little surprised. You know, we, we kind of tinkered with things, I'd say probably about 10 days ago, and try to add some more. And I think at the time we were actually third in the league and just didn't realize it. But, you know, we've got a pretty good stretch going here, and those guys are dialed in. You know, they're, they're easy to coach, and they follow the game plan there. Yeah, that came off a stretch where you got that went 6 8 without a power play goal. So, I mean, it's. I mean, how much confidence is this uh, getting, team getting with the power play? I think it's huge. I, I, I do think that we need to, you know, it, it build some positive momentum off of power plays, off of power play goals. I think our five-on-five five obviously has to be better. We have to be more committed to our structure there. But, you know, getting getting those power play goals should breathe life into the team five-on-five, five, and, you know, I think that's the next progression for us. Finally, players uh, Brandon Estes and Liam Robertson uh, had their thoughts on the game. Uh, you guys, you know, against RPI, you got out play the last couple of periods. We got away with it tonight. Uh, that first period against uh, LIU, uh, they thoroughly outplayed you guys. You only guys had one shot on goal. So what, what happened in that first period, Brandon? Um, just not ready to play. It's as simple as that. Um, I mean, it's a weekday game, so it's a little unusual. But at the end of the day, like at this level, you have to be ready to play every single day. Um, we just weren't ready to play today. Yeah, I think you hit it, hit the nail on the head. Uh, we weren't dialed in from the start. They came out aggressive. They were uh, getting in on the forecheck. They were moving their feet better than we were. They're hitting everybody. Stuff that we want to do to other teams, but we, uh, we, yeah, that's about it. It's a bit odd to have a, a midweek game, but I would think, would you guys rather be playing than like staying here and practicing today? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you should be able to get up for games any day of the week, right? Like that's why you're that's why you're here is to play games. So it, it shouldn't matter what day of the week it is. It, I mean, a game's a game. That's what you want to. That's what you're here for. That's what you want to do. So it's frustrating to just not be ready. I mean, how tough was it? Also, that you, know, you had to kill up the stand, stand against that five-minute major, and they ended up getting one goal out of that. Uh, how difficult was that? And then they get another one, a regular even strength goal later. Um, yeah, I mean, things clearly weren't going right from the start. Um, and that's just, that just adds to it really. Um, I, I don't, I don't know about the call. I, I didn't even see the hit, so I have no idea, but I mean, you want to stay out of the box as much as possible, especially when the game is going the way it was. Liam, do you feel like you can take anything out of the third period? Uh, do you feel like maybe Got a little bit of momentum back going into Friday. Yeah, for sure. Um, that third period is exactly what we wanted to do from the start. It's just two periods too late. But uh, that's our game. That's Union Hockey. Getting it on the forecheck, getting pucks to the net, getting people to the net. And that's what we need to do to be successful. And uh, clearly, we had a really good third period. And we're trying to look to do that on the next weekend as well. If there's one positive for you guys, it's another power play goal. Six straight games with the power play. Uh, you guys are the best power play in the uh, ECAC right now. What's been the key to the turnaround? You were coming off of a stretch of six games where you didn't score a power play goal. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's just sticking with it, really. Um, you know, it, it's something we practice every week, so just sticking with the process is the main thing to just have success with it, um, buying into the process. Liam, you've been really a beneficiary. You've, you know, you've think about seven or eight, eight power play goals right now, and you're one of the top in the country. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that I have a 
good defense, a couple defensemen up there that can get the puck through, like Brandon and Dylan, and it makes my job a lot easier in front when they uh, they get it through. So uh, fortunate it's been working out that way. My three stars of the game, I'll start with uh, Spencer Cox, who had two assists. He's the number three star in this uh, game. Tyler Welsh, the number two star with a goal and an assist. And uh, Jordan Timmons, who scored the power play goal that set the tone for LIU's 4-1 victory. He's the number one star of the game. Uh, Union will be back in action uh, this weekend as uh, the Dutchmen head to a second-ranked Quinnipiac on Friday and then take on Princeton on Saturday at Hobie Baker Rink. And Union really needs to uh, get its uh, gaming gear because they cannot afford to have another uh, slow start against uh, Quinnipiac. If they do that, that's going to be a uh, really it could be an ugly game down in Hamden, Connecticut. Of course, the last time these two teams met, uh, Quinnipiac had a four nothing victory. The score really it should have been a lot more than four nothing because Quinnipiac dominated uh, the game uh, at Messerink. So, not a great effort that night by the Dutchmen who were coming off that one nothing overtime win on Princeton the night before. So Union, I mean, realistically, I think they need at least to come out with a split this weekend, get three points, and uh, maintain uh, positioning for uh, home ice in the first round of the ECAC Hockey Tournament because we're now in February, now it's the home stretch. So uh, we'll you know, get, you, uh, get ready for the final uh, eight games of the regular season. Uh, the Parting Shots podcast is back on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I spoke with Tim Kirkchin on Monday of ESPN. We'll talk some Major League Baseball, we'll talk the Hall of Fame vote, and we'll also talk the labor situation. Of course, not looking too good for the start of spring training on time for Major League Baseball. So we'll have that uh, for you on Wednesday. And on Thursday, another college hockey-centric edition. Uh, Union's having a... Uh, uh, their weekly press conference on Wednesday. We'll have some interviews there. And also, I spoke with Matt Bodie, the captain of the 2014 National Championship team. I want to get his thoughts on uh, the Rick Bennett resignation uh, from last Friday. Uh, so we'll have uh, Matt's uh, thoughts there. And I hope you get a chance to listen to it. And don't forget, uh, my story from uh, Tuesday's game is online at dailygazette.com. Or you can uh, buy it uh, on, at the newsstand. So I appreciate you supporting local journalism. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I am Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good night, good hockey.